0: hello everybody welcome to take the black live my name is dan Selke, and i'm coming at you live from chicago here with daniel roman coming at you live from new york not Cité, new york upstate and this is take the black the show where we talk about all things sci-fi fantasy uh dragon space lasers robots and so forth hello to everyone coming on there hello martha hello robert hello christian A V M A V. glad you could be here and we have a pretty relaxed show today. Um, we're still we're heading toward the end of House of the Dragon season one, which has been, I think, fair to say, a pretty big success so far. And I think it's uh, late enough in the game that it's um, uh, not too early to start worrying unnecessarily about what season two might look like. We have some back and forth rumbles from the higher ups at both HBO and um, Mr. George R. R. Martin himself about what might be coming down the pike. And one of the most interesting I saw was that we've been unsure if um, everything from his book, Fire and Blood, I don't have in my hand, but I should, um, would make it into the show. And recently, George R. 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 Martin, oh, yeah, please. I'll thank you. That for home. you. I appreciate that. This book. Yes. Jojo R. R. Martin said that although he hasn't appeared on the television screen, the fourth child of Alicent Hightower and Viserys Targaryen, Darren Targaryen, is in the show, but he hasn't shown up yet saying, yes, Alicent gave Viserys four children, three sons and a daughter. Their younger son, Darren, is down in Old Town. We just don't have time to work him into the season. I guess my question for you, Daniel, for you out there is, do you buy that? Or is George R.R. Martin just speaking out of turn and giving the publicist HBO another yet another in a long line of migraines?
1: (laughs) I think that. You know, it's hilarious to imagine a scenario where like Darren's cut from the show mm-hmm. that didn't include him. And mm-hmm. George is just going to go out there and say he's in the show as a PR move to put HBO in a spot. But I think he's probably telling telling the truth here. I think Darren's in the show. It's hard for we were talking about this on the Sunday podcast that it seemed outrageous that they cut just Darren because they've included like everyone else from this convoluted family tree. So what makes uh-huh. him the one person to cut? So, yeah, I buy it. I wish that they, you know, said just a line or two about him. And maybe we'll get that this week in the Green Council episode. But yeah, I I buy it. But I wish they had set it up
0: just a tiny bit more. How about you? You think we'll see him? I honestly don't know. But like Cassandra says, wait, what? Yeah, Cassandra, in the book, Allison and Merceres have a fourth kid, a young Targaryen boy named Darren. He hasn't been in the show yet. Yep. In the book, he's away at Old Town being fostered. So maybe that's what's happening. And uh, let me tell you, I've been covering George R. R. Martin for yeah. many, like many years now. And like, it's not that he lies, he doesn't lie. What he does do sometimes is just kind <laughs> of um, just like say things that he thinks are neat. Or like just in a way that implies they're official. And it, it he he can get a, he can get ahead of the narrative yeah. sometimes or behind the narrative of the case it is. So honestly, I don't think that's proof until they actually mention them and we see them. I don't believe it. I hope it's I hope it's true though. And it would be weird if they kept the um twin kings, guard knights, Eric and Eric, but cut Darren Targaryen. That would be odd. But um here's here's hope. Yeah. But honestly, no. I, I I do not consider this proof. I consider this a really intelligent man with his particular foibles at his keyboard tip tap typing away with um, not a whole <laughs> lot of thought for what HBO may want him to say because who's going to stop him? Love you George R. R Martin, but you know, he does give yeah. off a little bit. Um, I think that's fair. Sometimes he gives off like your parent or grandparent who calls you about the modem realness. And I get a little bit of that here.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I, I could totally see that. He's, he also, so it's funny because the Darren thing, it is like, what does HBO think of this? Do, do they know that Darren's in the show? But he also said something that I enjoyed, which is that House of the Dragon needs full, needs four full seasons of 10 episodes apiece piece. To tell the story of the Dance of the Dragons properly, we've been kind of hearing that, but he's saying it unequivocally right now. This is what we need, and obviously HBO hasn't signed on to this. So, mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you funny. think that that's pretty much assured now, or is this another power move
0: of uh, balls in your court, HBO? It's it, it's not how that's not, that's not we think it's not a power move. It's just he's putting stuff out into the universe <laughs> and just then idiots like us pick it up and talk about it and write about it and it's definitely not official statements no 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 no. (laughs) i do think it sounds about right though four seasons i think that sounds about correct like i i I actually counted last night like the first season covers about 70 pages and if anything it seemed a little um fleet-footed at times like you know could we have had an episode where mm-hmm. we get a little more into Lena and Damon's family or Harwin strong and Rhaenyra. Yeah, sure. Probably maybe, but it, it was fine to skip over sure. it. Sure. And there's like well over 200 pages left. They should be able to do three more seasons without a ton of trouble. Um, I think it sounds about right. How about you? Yeah. Do you think it sounds too high or too low? Just about right. Goldilocks perfect.
1: No, I think I I think four seasons is perfect. I, I think that's the the optimal number for, for the source material. Just thinking about like the major events and kind of how they could fall in relation to a season run. I think four seasons, and I think it's interesting too, because like you said, this is not an official claim uh, from HBO. However, there was another report recently that HBO extended its deal with Ryan Kondal, um, who's now the sole showrunner of this series. And Condal was already signed through season two is what it seemed like. So by them extending their deal with him, that makes me wonder if they've quietly, you know, signed on for more seasons of House of the Dragon because otherwise, what does that extension entail exactly? No one's saying, but that's kind of the logical leap to me of of what that could mean
0: is they're committing. Because why wouldn't they? Like, it's a safe bet at oh, this yeah.
1: point. What do you think?
0: I think David Zaslev, the new CEO of Warner Media, what do they call it now? Warner Bros. Discovery, uh, knows, um, appreciates yeah, that. when his bread is being buttered. And yeah, of course they extended the deal. It's very, it, 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 it's, it's. It's it's a big hit. So, yeah, Um, I don't know what they agreed to behind the scenes. We'll see if I were them. I would like have two seasons ahead of time and start like although uh, Ryan, if you want another co-showrunner to help you out. I'm just saying we we are basically combined can have um the abilities of one man to, to help you out. We we can be your co-show. That's. That's true. And if you just want one, yes, just don't me. count on any more wedding murders yeah. on our watch. I'll do, I'll do it for cheap. Just like 200 grand. It'd be nothing. <laughs> easy, easy money. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but I'm glad it's happening. And then Miguel Sapochnik also has a deal with them. So they're happy to sign these deals with like um, these big producers, but they're also firing dozens more folk from the animation divisions, the unscripted script stuff over at Warner media, but that's not really oh, HBO. Yes. That whole Meshigas is uh, ongoing and frightening, but as long as HP, as long as house of rank is bringing those numbers, I think they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely a little nerve wracking. Just seeing HBO like it has been on fire, the HBO Warner discovery bros, max. It's been a mess over there, but it's. I'm glad it doesn't seem to have affected House of the Dragon over much. But we'll see. We'll see. It's their golden goose right now, so hopefully that means they'll take care of it.
0: Wait, Nathan asks, how far into the pre production of season two are we? Um, they have a curve because many times we're done. We have to wait a year plus. Um, yeah, almost positive that we'll wait over a year. we, we won't wait. Like, probably like two years about that because they didn't
1: 2024, I think.
0: Yeah, probably they're due to film next year. They didn't like renew two seasons out of the gate, so it will be a wait. But you're right, they do have sets made. Although, I mean, the Dance of the Dragons goes places, so that's they have the Red Keep made and that'll be useful through the entire show. But there's still a lot of stuff they're gonna, they're gonna have to do. Yeah, they're gonna have to make, I don't know, Tumbleton and they're gonna have to make. Yeah, uh, whatever. Does the town on Dragonstone have a name? I don't know what it is. They'll have to make I don't remember off shadows. the top of my head. Lots of different places. Uh oh Winterfell. Yeah. Okay. That'll
1: be a yeah, Winterfell, Winterfell again. again. The Erie. I hope yeah. we see the Erie as well. Eh. And eh, to the eerie, there'll be worlds hopping next season. That'll, that'll be nice. That's kind of been be nice. the that'll one be thing I have felt was missing from this show a little bit is just feeling like we're exploring a world because so much of it's set in King's landing. But yeah, uh, I it think different. it different. If yeah. It, well, me too. I think that is one of the things that set it apart, but I think with the pre-production Ryan Condal said a couple weeks back that they had just finished post for season one which actually is pretty good um if they're done with post-production like a couple weeks before the finale airs um but that means they're probably not very far into pre-production
0: yeah and don't you want ryan kind of a break man good lord let him take a little vacation to tahiti or something he can't just walk right through everything yeah, he deserves yeah, it ryan you don't want him to look like us. king visiris by the end of this <laughs> Just hire us, Ryan. Just give us both on. We'll do it for cheap. 100K a piece. It's not right. going to be hard. It's going to be easy, easy, easy. Bring us on. But we guarantee results. That's, that can be our catchphrase. That's we true. guarantee results on our cards. Results. What are results? You decide.
1: Yep. Speaking of results, uh, Kondal also said this week he doesn't buy into the House of the Dragon Rings of Power rivalry. Kind of okay. echoed George R. R. Martin there, which is easy to say when you're winning the war. But he's also kind of right. One one feeds the other. He said, you know, more high budget fantasy is good. I don't know why I said speaking of results, I guess because I'm so disillusioned with the Rings of Power right now. What do you think? You you think that's a fair statement from him that, that it's just good all around that these shows are being made in general? Here's the thing.
0: It, it's fair and he's right. It It is good yeah. that lots of fantasy shows are being made, not just the Rings of Power and House of the Dragon, but also The Witcher, also The Wheel of Time, Mm-hmm. Um, also in the hopper. Uh, also Interview with the Vampire, also the Orville, like all these genre things that are being made right now and are getting of yeah. budget put into them. It's good because Hollywood studios like success, and success begets success. I guess, yeah, he's right. The rivalry is manufactured in the minds of fans like like me, and also fans on Twitter and stuff. It is. It's not, it's not real. But um, one show can. If if one of these shows succeeds and one of these shows fails, it'll probably be because one was better than the other. And right now, I think it's well, looking sure. pretty clear which one I mean, because, you know, because like it in, in the narrative, it's like how so that let's say the Rings of Power gets canceled a couple seasons in that it's just not worth the money. Bezos is putting into it. It just wasn't enough. Like, I feel like people mm-hmm. will say, like, House of the Dragon vanquished the Rings of Power, but, I mean, not really. <laughs> it's like House of the no. Dragon will have continued because it's getting watched, and the Rings of Power will have been a bit of a Tom Hanks-esque money pit uh, that just wasn't paying nice. off what they the were reference. putting into it. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that's what will happen. The narr- Okay, the narrative is false, but I like it because I, I like um, fighting.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, I think it's in- the narrative... It doesn't actually impact whether Rings of Power succeeds, right? Like, there is enough room for both of these shows Never to be is. good and get an audience. Uh, that's Brilliant. been pretty clear. Like, enough people have watched them that it's not like people are ignoring one for the other. They might like more one more than the other. But ultimately, and this is the thing for me, it, th- there's room For two good fantasy shows. The Mm -hmm. question is, do we have two good fantasy shows? That is Um, I think they're uh, House of the Dragon. uh, Yeah. House of the Dragon. uh, Obviously, I'm going to say it's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. You're on a Game of Thrones podcast. What else am I going to say? Rings of Power. I think it, it has some interesting television growing pains, which I'm excited to dig into that a little bit more soon because... I think it's it's hitting a pitfall that I think Game of Thrones season one avoided—a very specific pitfall with its with its writing. And yeah, the question is just going to be: Can it
0: step up its weak weak spots? Because I think it has more weak spots, but we'll see. We have some great comments here. Uh, Fatma enjoys listening to us. Thank you, Fatma. I go to yeah, myself. Thank you, uh, Divine and Wizard. Eye <laughs> both want to see um, Winterfell, which we will too, and we should. I'm sure they'll put yeah. that in 100 because yeah. part of the story jason why we and about? stark hanging out they'll make a big deal of it it's a whole thing as louis says come on you so. know his power is not good Ugh. yeah it we'll talk about that uh in a bit but um also yes. all you out there if you enjoy our insight feel free to subscribe and um uh if you're watching if you enjoy our insights feel free to hire us the low <laughs> low rate 200 a piece 400k not much that's
1: right a steal Mm-hmm. I like how it's a different number every time. Don Draper would be proud of you right now.
0: If you hire us now, we can lock you in at a low rate. And that's uh, on point period. Get you in at a low rate for your um, car refinance partner. Anyway, um, moving on, Thanks, Daniel, I guess I want yes. to give you now and everyone out there in the audience an opportunity to say your goodbyes to the man, the myth, the legend, the um, walking corpse of Mr. Burns, Uh, King Viserys Targaryen, first of his name, king of the Andals and the Rhoynar and the First Men, avoider of conflict, ride or die daughter guy, and just all around mensch, even though he murdered his wife. I really grew to like this guy. And you know what? I'll say this. I think they have successfully done with Viserys Targaryen what Game of Thrones did with Ned Stark, which was have this character who was this huge deal in the first season dies. And I don't see a reality where Viserys Targaryen shadow doesn't loom over the rest of House of the Dragon in the way that Ned Stark shadow loomed over Game of Thrones. They did such a good job with this. Uh, Patty Considine just absolutely yeah. slayed it. You can tell he just committed himself to it. He just was like shoulder deep into this part. He thought about it. He improvised yeah. parts. He read the script like a boss. Uh, George R. R. Martin told him his version was better than the book version, which is true. And just, it's been a great role yeah. and, a, and a, a great showcase for this actor who I don't think was terribly well-known beforehand. So I just want to say, um, you know, Mazel tov, King Viserys Targaryen, you will be missed even though you sucked a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Viserys, he definitely sucked a little bit at times because, like you said, avoider of conflict. He avoided conflict too much to the point where things festered. Um, but Patty Considine in that role, I've been saying for weeks, if if this man doesn't get an Emmy, doesn't at least get nominated for an Emmy, okay. there is a problem. He, he at least There's needs to be nominated for this role. Uh, yeah, because it really... It was just one of the most memorable performances of of the show and the range of the work he did going from, you know, uh, a pretty healthy guy who was kind of on the same sort of footing acting wise as so many of the other characters to this bedridden leper with half a face by the end. (laughs) Just thinking about the acting chops to pull that off is incredible. And he did have more of a hand. I feel like we're just now starting to see just how much of a hand he had in like the conceptualization of Viserys. Like, like you mentioned with the improvised scenes, his final scene of the show was improvised where he was reaching up and he says, my love he's talking about Emma Aaron. That was this whole inner narrative that Patty Considine came up with. That was basically that he was haunted for his entire life over the decision to kill Emma and losing her. And in his final moments, he's seeing her come to welcome him into the afterlife. And that's like, wasn't in the script. No one told him to do that. He, he just decided that's what his character would be thinking and going through. And you just can't put a price tag on that. Like how much that elevates a performance. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think his shadow is going to loom large over this series especially if it's only four seasons we're never going to get that far away from this moment where you know he hobbled to the iron throne what were some of your standout moments for him this season do you have any favorites aside from this episode
0: frankly they were all this episode um i think lord daquan speaks for all of us Noticed that um loved when Damon helped him to the throne that was so that was very very touching I like oh. Cassandra saying that Emma is probably, yeah, probably another probably, improvised probably moment disappointed to it. Oh, yeah, it's true. moment. I mean, I guess when you always hear about like, you know, like uh it, it, it's kind of easy to look at like a performance or a show and just think that actors are just reading from a script and that's all they're doing and they're hitting their marks and they're going home, yeah. which they do do. But yeah, it's cool to see that, like, like what what distinguishes like a good actor from a great one? I think the great ones are going to be the ones like Patty Constantine, even Matt Smith, who are really rolling with the punches and finding things that are interesting and like taking this home and thinking about it and bringing something more. And they are really doing that. A lot of them are. Um, And of course, they're on a they're on a splashy HBO show. So they have like the wherewithal to experiment and to try things. I mean, if, if if you're on a soap opera, like you just, yeah. listen, you you got to get that take and move on. Like, you, you're not like, what if I try it this way? Like, no, we we, that's we, right. we, we have a thing to hit. But um, HBO is a network. And this show is a show that can <laughs> let actors kind of express themselves fully. And that's wonderful. Someone up there said they hope that season two has a bigger budget yeah. um, than season one, which I uh, that that's a tricky one, because this first season is very expensive. And thinking about all the crazy dragon stuff ahead had for season two, I don't know where, I mean, I'm sure they can find money somewhere for this kind of show, but they are going to have to thread the yeah. needle and be careful and really choose where they use their budget. Because we're getting to the point where, I mean, yeah, th- th- there's not enough money in the world to have like dragons on that level of quality on screen all the time and still get the season out before five years is gone. You just can't do it. So it's going to be curious to see. Yes. I mean, $20 million, if you to buy you anything, but it it, it doesn't, I guess it can't buy you immediate returns, (laughs) high quality TV episodes every year, just because human beings aren't that advanced because um, I mean, blame the monkeys really quick. We'll we'll, we'll get back to this Lord. I just want to say this really quick. And then, uh m- move on to your amazing insights Just one second can I, can I finish can i finish okay lord DeQuan, sorry do it do it please Whoa. finish <laughs> lord daquan <laughs> says he doesn't want to distract us but uh he thinks that andor surpassed from the power and has the dragon i will say i've been loving the hell out of andor i really have um i'm not sure tops house of the dragon I think Andor's you know. great, but it, it's very very good anyway daniel what were you going to say
1: Yeah, I agree on Andor. I like it a lot. Uh, It's not over House of the Dragon, definitely over Rings of Power. Um, But what I was going to say in terms of the the budget thing, I think they are going to have to think really hard about how to, you know, there are so many battles and so many dragon battles that, I'm sure they're going to have to decide where to put their focus, which ones are the most important, but it's also worth noting that like, look at rings of power. That is a show that does have the basically infinite budget to do whatever it wants. And that isn't necessarily making it in the best show. Um, So I think you reach a point where you get diminishing returns with these immense budgets where it, can be really good, but you're still butting up against time and the writing to make it all gel. I'm hopeful that house of the dragon is going to be good with the budget they have. And I would imagine it'll be bigger than the budget they had this season because now sure. it's a safe they, bet for HBO themselves. because yeah. it's a
0: huge hit. Right. Yeah. But we'll see I mean, once once like those actors are getting paid a million per episode or whatever. I'm not sure they'll get to that point with four seasons, Um, uh, which is absurd, by the way. Like just the money just piles yeah. up. Money's weird, man. What if we all just um, worked in exchange for dances and hugs? Like that's 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 my utopia. But we'll get to that. In a minute. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, as Cassandra says about the strong CGI. Yeah, it, it it is like it's just no matter how much money they have, the rings of power isn't gonna be able to get over. Why in the world does Mithril heal elves now? It's just a stupid, stupid idea. Like, they just can't get away from it. So, um, yeah, and here's the the thing about that is you you can pay a writer like millions of dollars to come up with that crap. Like, you can do it. Um, And the writer will be happy for the rest of his life. I mean, at least financially, he'll be tortured inside for for all time. But, um, because, I don't know it's harder to like find a great writer than it is to find a great actor. Cause everyone can be impressed. I, 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 Cause I think there's more subjectivity in terms of like what good writing is, whereas great acting. I mean, you know, if you watch, if you watch Robert De Niro in a movie and you're like, Ooh, he convinces me it's easier to sell. We're like people like so many different kinds of things, which I, I'm trying to explain in my, to myself, how, you can spend so much money on a show and have it end up like this. Okay.
1: Are, are we, do we want to get into that now? Are we at that point? Is there anything I else you want to say can, about yeah. King Viserys? Okay. He was good. I like him a lot. Yeah, he was good. Uh, he hasn't watched the episode. He doesn't know if he ever will, which is kind of it's fun. Because it's, some people don't like to watch themselves and he's one of them.
0: I am tired of like those headlines that are like, why does no one on the House of the Dragon has watched Game of Thrones or read The Fire and Blood? Who cares? Like they have lives. It doesn't matter. Like they're they're hired to do a job, and I just don't like when like out of news outlets treat actors as if this isn't a job for them. And if if, if you take it home and do more, great. Yeah. Like if, if if you just come in and you just read the lines, fine. Like you're not required to hang it on Reddit. And like be deep dive the theory. Patty Constein is, is an <laughs> exception. Patty Constein, by the way, just himself seems like a delightful man. There's that video of him like, yes, twirling his cane on set and saying he's serving Targaryen, real, straight from Repulse Drag Race. Oh, great guy, Mitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, he, he was just like, when am I ever going to have the chance to do this again? I have to. So fun. Okay. So rings. So the rings of power, Dan, let me ask you this, this question that has been haunting me. Okay. Do you still care about the rings of power?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I never really got super into it. It never got its hooks to me. I was waiting for it. I gave it a chance at the start and yeah, it just never really took hold of me. Like to this day, I like the stuff with Durin and Elrond in Casa I like the dwarf stuff. I like the Harfoot stuff because I'm intrigued by the Stranger. Mm-hmm. Although they really should have moved it along further by now. And kind of end of list. And then I found everything involving Erendir and the Men of the Southlands be kind of dull. And I found the new... I, I can't get over how much they focus on the Numenor stuff. And I just found a lot of it very, very boring we're almost at the end, and I feel like we've learned very little. I yes. didn't feel invested in much of what happened. I liked the battle episode because I, I thought it was well done. And now you absolutely hated episode, this, most re- yeah. this most recent one. I thought it was fine. Just I, I, did. I didn't think it was like measurably worse or better than most of what else we've got. So I just watched it and was like, eh, this is some of the rings of power, and it's it's okay. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad show. I just think they have some some problems at a foundational conceptual level that just it was kind of weirdly conceived and it never got over that i can go on a quick rant about the mithril stuff and why it's bad on a meta level if you want or i can toss the ball to you
1: let's hear your mithril rant because i hate the mithril stuff and i have some thoughts about the foundational issues that you're talking about um, I'll just say my short thing, I part of the reason I really hated the last episode is because episode six felt like a step forward. It, it still had issues, but it was one of the best episodes of the season, I think. Sure. And then episode seven felt like one of the worst. And it's hard to go from, like, we're, we're almost at the end of the season, so mm-hmm. to just hit this point where it feels like all of the promises are going to have very minimal returns for the season, basically, and falling back on a lot of the same issues that we I was hoping it was growing past, and basically telling – you know, again, not to go with the comparisons, House of the Dragon, making an old man walk across a room, an epic mm. scene, rings of power struggling Selected to make the him. fallout of a volcanic eruption, not boring. <laughs> I had issues with it. Uh, okay, tell me why Mithril, why this Mithril thing is dumb. Okay. I, I want to uh, know.
0: I'm going to pull back. It basically comes back to what Lord DeQuan, who I think is like just, I, you, you, good comments, Lord Daquan. Uh, says that I think if they went along with Tolkien's work, they would have been fine, which is kind of the um, starting point. I also agree with Lewis yep. that yep. Uh, the Elrond Dern stuff, I I, 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 I do enjoy um, more than the most of it. Yeah, And as Lewis says, a whole season of Sauron still, why they're dragging that out. Mystery box storytelling is hard to do and very rarely satisfying. Yeah, as Jay says, I hate that there are so many mysteries, no actual story trying to tell Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, just who's Sauron? Yes. Who's the stranger? We need to care about more than just the answer to the riddle you gave was at the start. Like we have to actually <laughs> like a character and know what the, and wonder what they want to do next for its own sake. It can't be I want to keep yeah. watching because I want to find out who the big, tall Gandalf guy is when he, I don't know, takes off his mask and reveals it to be insert thing here. That's just, it's not interesting enough to dramatically pull you through eight hours of TV. Like you have to actually yeah. be emotionally involved with this weird stranger Gandalf guy, whether you know who he is or not. You got to be involved with Nori the Harfoot, who love hates him. And I am a little bit, but they kind of bungled parts with in that last one. It was weird. Yeah mystery box stuff it's like lost did it pretty good but then it kind of bungled it at the end according to people yeah. like you you can do it yeah I never actually watched lost it's 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 a weird thing to prop your whole reason for watching on who's Sauron yeah like, that can be a little fun side dish but you have to care about what the characters care about like Galadriel and har and also you can't just Hang it all on, we'll reveal yeah. it eventually. Stick around and keep paying your Amazon transcription to find out. Like, give us reason to enjoy every bit, not just the final, the eureka moment at the end.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's one of the issues that the show is having is it's stretching out these mysteries and never really giving us new information. Like, <laughs> the, the Stranger's a great example, right? Where we basically, in the, his first appearance, we find out he's magical. He has some kind of magic. Oh, he's oh, he magical. And then we but... see him use it in different ways, but that's not really telling us anything new about him. And, you know, Lost is a great example of this, actually, because Lost is co- it constantly introduces new mysteries all throughout and fans are divided on how well they liked how it resolved. Personally, I am a lost apologist. I enjoyed it more than I had issues with the end that tracks, but the thing they did really, really, really well was making you care about the characters Mm -hmm. and always introducing other mysteries. So like every time they solved, they gave you an answer. They'd give you three more questions. The rings of power is just saying, here's a question and we're going to stretch out what the question is instead of ever answering things and then giving you new mysteries. And it's fascinating because the wheel of time did this too, right? With, with the whole dragon reborn thing, who is the dragon reborn? And for us book readers, that's might seem very obvious, But when the Wheel of Time was airing, I knew a bunch of people who weren't book readers and they all had like guesses about who the dragon would be. Sure. So I it's interesting to me how both of these Amazon shows have that storytelling element. And one of them, I think, arguably did it more successfully than the book, um, because the you know, Rand is the dragon reborn in Eye of the World. It's pretty obvious out Mm -hmm. of the gate. Um, So to even have, yeah, to have any mystery about that is kind of a testament to the fact that they pulled it off at least decently. Whereas the Rings of Power with Sauron, it's like, who's Sauron? I'm a little interested by that. But then you have also, who's the stranger? And it's like, it, it just feels like they're stringing viewers along instead of telling a compelling tale with mysteries. And I think that's where shows can run into trouble with that mystery box storytelling.
0: By the way, Lord Aquan says that he's had three beers. Uh, so sorry if it's being foolish. Nice. I think three um, beers is a good place to start to enjoy us. But if you really want to get, if you really want to find us bearable, I recommend like five to six. Um, we're, yeah, we're now, a four, five to six
1: beer show here.
0: <laughs> now, um, I, I'm blasted right now. About Mithril. Okay. So there is a line. Like, at what point are you changing the source material so much that you just can't call it? an adaptation anymore reasonably so one of the reasons i remember hating one of the many many reasons those hobbit movies back from the 2010s you remember yeah. the third one where i think it's thorin oak and shield i want to say is the main dwarf uh, they get into their mine or their yeah. cave or whatever and they get where they're going and then they say that thorin Oakenshield is barricading himself in because because why Because he's got dragon sickness. He's been infected by this kind of greed virus that's making him act badly. Why can't he just be a jackass? (laughs) Like, why can't he just, in this moment of weakness, be greedy and avaricious and make some bad decisions? Why are you giving us this metaphysical explanation for why he's being bad in this moment? Why are you torpedoing any character he might have? I'm getting this feeling from this. So okay. in the Silmarillion, in the Appendices and Lord of the Rings, whatever you want to call it, like, it it's, 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 it's all laid out. Like The elves want to make things because they want to make things. They make the rings because they're, again, they have this ambition to greatness that they can't sustain. That, that's what makes it tragic. The motivation is all there. And they started with that, by the way. They had Celebrimbor being like, I want to make this a great beauty, Uh, which I I thought at first, like, "Okay, so they're going with it. I don't know what they could be thinking with thinking, let's completely just add in this whole new element where it changes everything about why everyone does what they do. And it's not because of any kind of flaw that they have in themselves, which is something that is inherently interesting like we're human beings um we like other human beings doing stuff and uh but now it it it, it, it it's because of, it's because of some supernatural um incursion I, I just hate it i just hate it i hate yeah. everything about it i just don't yep. think it's compelling dramatically
1: yeah so i i agree with that okay i agree with you um the mithril is is weird to me because Again, this is an already very well established element of the Tolkien world, and uh, Tolkien scholars, if any of you are listening, feel free to correct us on this because I know some stuff, but I'm not all the stuff. Like, Mithril is used to make things, obviously. Like, great works like that gate to Kaza dum that you have mm-hmm. to say friend to enter, that has Mithril in it. So there are, there are ways it's used for magical things, but to make it kind of a MacGuffin for healing the elves one is weird because it changes the nature of this, this item, but two it also kind of devalues this idea that the dwarves wake up the Balrog with their own greed, because now it is a quest to save the elves and that kind of, it undercuts the, the whole theme of the fall of khazad Doom. And again, we have to see where it's going. It's possible it could still come back around to that, but so far from what we've seen, I'm not confident that it will. Let your
0: characters be assholes. A lot of people are assholes. We like watching assholes. Give me more assholes, is basically my takeaway. Yeah,
1: thus, thus House of the Dragon. So the thing that that I find interesting with The Rings of Power, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous show. It has pretty amazing music, pretty great like casting and acting, and... Mm-hmm. Um, good prosthetics and makeup. The thing that I think really makes it fall short is the beat by beat writing, um, getting from point A to B in compelling ways that keep viewers interested. And I you know, I'm not trying to knock anyone here. I, I'm gonna put this out there right now that I think rings of power gets a lot of bad faith arguments about why yeah, it's that's not true. good that's and stuff. True. I don't buy into that. There are things I like about it and things I don't. I think <laughs> it's interesting though, because the showrunners of Rings of Power, uh, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay have never made a television show before. They scripted a couple of movies that didn't end up getting made. And they basically won Amazon over with their pitch for this show, which I do think setting a show in the second age is probably the right way to go with a, with A Lord of the Rings, if you're going to make a Lord of the Rings show, this is a good pitch to do something about the second age. But the beat-by-beat writing, getting through things compellingly, making sure everything makes sense, those kinds of things I feel like this is really showing kind of contrasting with season one game of thrones. So behind the scenes of that, there was a similar issue with the original game of thrones pilot. James Hibbard talked about this fire. Cannot kill a dragon behind the Uh scenes book, how the original pilot, uh, that, that book, there were issues with it. So what HBO did was say, go reshoot the pilot. We're going to give you showrunners, another partner who is one of our experienced TV people to help yeah. make sure that we get through the, the writing smoothly and make the show as compelling as it could be. And that's the kind of thing where like a seasoned network making a show would think to do that. Whereas Rings of Power it has an experienced showrunners, the same as Game of Thrones, who are very passionate about the world and the lore but Amazon didn't maybe know enough to pair them with a seasoned TV vet to make sure that the actual beat by beat writing of the show makes for compelling
0: television. We can give you our guy in charge of men's apparel on amazon.com. Can he help? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's
1: fascinating. Like I'm not, not rooting for rings of power but it's fascinating because then you look at amazon's biggest other success which is probably the boys and eric kripke is a seasoned tv Uh, vet and that's why the boys is so good because he knows he made supernatural he knows the game man he can make good television
0: right. <laughs> for like over a decade
1: yeah. yeah and he he knocked this idea of like we're making eight hour movies and uh, we're not making eight yeah. episodes of television he just he said this a few months ago and i it just feels so prophetic for the rings of power uh kripke was basically like no you're not man you're making television and you can't ask people to wait eight episodes for things to get interesting. That's not the way TV works. And you never would have survived in the network television game scripting that way. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, what we're seeing right now with the rings of power is kind of the backlash to that exact pitfall. So that's my rings of power rants. I've been holding it in. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. I
0: agree. (laughs) I remember stamp it has my approval. Love it. Print it. Move it on. We'll, we'll, We'll blast on through some, you guys are being so, so great in the comments. As Craft Mama says, um, we love assholes. Look at Damon and uh, someone else, that your comment was yes. zipped away. But yes, completely agree. And Lord, Lord Daquan, The Boys is pretty good. I think it's the, probably the best show that I've watched on Amazon because um, it has experience. Aside the from The Expanse, but that's oh, another yeah, cheaty totally example. Well, that I've watched on Amazon. Oh,
1: fair. Well, that's another cheaty example because The Expanse already had a team. Amazon just bought their yeah.
0: successful television team and said, "We'll give you more money to keep making your show." You always know, like keep an experienced producer man around to help out the new idiots on the block when they hire some new idiots to do something. And everyone's like, I'm an idiot. And I'm not saying it's a, a structural thing. Okay, really yeah, quick, because because we, no. we are going really long. Watch for anything, yes. Daniel. Yeah, What are you
1: watching? I went on a spree this week. I I watched so much. So I watched the first three episodes of Andor. Totally agree. It's great. I have Star Wars burnout. I've been really enjoying Andor. It's a good show. And it's a bunch of it. It's kind of like because it doesn't have Obi-Wan Kenobi or Boba Fett. Yeah. It just needs to rely on its own merits of good writing and good storytelling and good everything else. And I think it's doing great. So I watched that. I watched the new Hellraiser movie, which was excellent and horrifyingly gory um definitely watch it for spooky month if you have a strong stomach big uh, addendum <laughs> werewolf by night which was oh, surprisingly good. good it was really good it's just a one-hour marvel short movie and it's yeah. kind of a their take on the classic universal black and white horror movies and it's gorier than like anything marvel's done so nice. it, it was pretty good and then she hulk's daredevil episode which was fun what about you
0: what have you been about the okay, watching, really, really yeah. fast. So on, on Friday, had some friends over to watch the Loretta Lynn biopic, coal miner's daughter, Ooh. to celebrate Loretta was Lynn's good? life. She she died. Oh, I've seen it many times. Um, I've seen it once. Oh. Uh, yes, yes, it's good. Uh, she was born because I love Loretta Lynn and she died. And I was I'm I was sad about that. And then the next day, went over to a friend's house who's like a camp phantom. He showed us Attack of the Killer Tomatoes from 1978. That was funny. That was good. And then on Sunday, went to the Music Box Theater in Chicago and saw Singing in the Rain, on the big screen. Never seen it. Gene Kelly. He was amazing. Why does nobody dance like that anymore? We should dance like that more often. (laughs) He was great. That's right. First time I've ever seen it. Oh, so good. Okay. And that's what I'm watching. And I know that we're on long. Uh, No, I I had not seen it. But the first time I seen it was on a big screen. And I don't regret it because it was pretty damn remarkable. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, Classic. that's a great way to see it. For,
1: yeah, I have seen it. Not on a big screen, though. I feel like that's
0: that is the way. That's a great way to experience it for the first time. That's awesome. As Nicole says, enjoying *Interview it with the vampire. I am, too. I mean, I'm going to watch the next episode tonight. As Crap Mama asks, nice. what do you think of the fiasco of the She-Hulk? Even my kiss at the CGI was bad. I thought She-Hulk. I have watched it. I just thought it was. I said it before, it's fine. It's so it's so fine. It's so I watch it and then I forget it. I don't have anything against it. I just, I, I can't get passionate about it. And Julie asked, I was going yeah. to see The Witcher. Not yet, Julie, but if we do, we will certainly tell you all about it. Yep, yep. Haven't seen anything
1: for The Witcher yet. She-Hulk, I think it's it's a good media Marvel show. There are episodes I've liked and episodes that have felt meh. Sure. I think it has some issues. It's another one I think a lot of people are reviewing in a bad faith way, kind of like yes. Rings of Power. It, it's getting panned by people who maybe have problems with female leads and shows and that I do not agree
0: with at all. And Christian said that he wants another thing where we drink sometime. And you know what? We'll do it. I want to do that. And after House of Dragon is yeah. over, we'll have a we'll have a drunk episode. All right. That Jenna, sounds should good. we do the Wicked Lightning round? Uh I think so. I hear it's famous. <gasps> I hear there's
1: lightning. Uh maybe a buzzer involved. I would enjoy it. Okay.
0: First? I think I'm gonna read to you first this time. You ready? Um before really quick j Starship asked if we've seen Shadow and Bone, we have. And I thought it was decent. And But we'll cover it more as we get closer to season two. Yeah. Okay, go on.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be covering it. I've read the books as well. They're decent. Ooh, it, it's worth watching for sure. Okay, okay, okay. The lightning round. Okay. Number one. So The Rock uh, says that Black Whoa. Adam, his You're superhero, wrong. who is not a good guy, he hurts people, but also oh, saves people. He will absolutely fight Superman at some point on screen. Will you go see that?
0: Maybe. I have nothing better to do. Um, <laughs> I don't really. Uh, I don't know. Sounds fine. Sounds cool. I, um, I don't much to say about it. Uh, it might happen. It might not. If it does, neat. If it doesn't, I'll live my life as I have been living it so far. How long is that? Nice. Okay. Um, Daniel, uh, Oscar Isaac confirms that he will return as Moon Knight. What say you? Um,
1: I say that's awesome. Uh, He was the best part of the Moon Knight show, and I think he's great for the part. He would not confirm if there will be a season two. He's just saying, this is not the last time I'll play the character. So we'll see him again at some point. Wow. I don't know if the buzzer's sleeping or we're just on fire. We're just not much to say. All right. <laughs> okay, Dan. So this is a cool one. I, I'm curious if you ever watched this show. So yeah. Neil Gaiman's Good Omens uh, has been renewed for season two at Amazon. It's coming out summer 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you be watching that one?
0: I will, yeah. I watched the first Good Omens, which is an adaptation of a book by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. It was fun. It was kind of uh, flighty and whimsical and uh, angels and demons fighting cats and dogs loving each other. Um, I thought I liked it a lot. And now the season two will be just Neil Gaiman because the book has been adapted. So it writes up a new Neil Gaiman, one of the best writers we have working today, one of the big famous ones. So I trust completely. I'm sure it'll be cool. I'm looking forward to David Tennant, Michael Sheen, over and out. Nice. Oh, um, the Wheel of Time show has revealed its first looks at Donald Finn as Matt replacing Barney Harris and at Sarah Cavney. As Elaine, which are two important characters, obviously. And they were coming.
1: Yeah. So uh pretty exciting. The Wheel of Time had a panel at Comic-Con this past week- weekend, and they showed the first images and apparently the first scene for Donald Finn as Matt, um, and Sierra Covney as Elaine. Like you said, two huge characters who are instrumental in the entire story. So it's nice to see those roles, see what they look like in those roles. Nice.
0: The buzzer is not working, but I think we're I think we're getting exactly twenty seconds, no more, no less, within like uh, an atomic amount of time. I think we're doing really, really well.
1: Definitely, I have a stopwatch. Should I Should I get it out? Nah, we're doing no, good. No, no, I just have to keep rolling. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, this next one, Game of Thrones veteran Bella Ramsey, who played Liana Mormont. She is going to be playing the lead Ellie in HBO's The Last of Us series and was encouraged not to play the games at all. Uh, Dan, how do you feel about that? Do you think
0: actors should go have to play video games? Ooh. Um, no, I think it's perfectly fine. Um, Bella Ramsey can play or not play Last of Us. It goes back quite a step before. Like, you don't need to watch the show, read the book, play the game. If you're an actor and you're doing your thing, you'll do a good job. You won't do a good job on your own merits. I'm fine with that. Bill Ramsey's very talented. I'm looking forward to that show. That show could be really, really big. That's like their big next show. Oh, a buzzer went off. Okay. Nice. That was good. That buzzer worked. All right. Um, (laughs) uh, Daniel, Amazon executives were reportedly shitting their pants over the success of House of the Dragon. Four seconds on the clock, and go. Yes. Yes, they
1: were. Uh, Again, this is reportedly... According to an insider, they were looking at House of the Dragon kind of as the bench as a benchmark. This is how successful a show like this could be, and it's very successful. Uh, maybe compared to ours. Uh, um, so uh, I hope they get new pants. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan. So. His Dark Materials third and final season got a release date and a trailer
0: uh, last week. It's coming on December 5th. Uh, are you excited for this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like those books a lot. His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. I yeah. read them, I like them. The show hasn't like blasted me with great as much as I wanted it to, but it's been good. It's been competent, it's been solid, and I will definitely yeah. watch the third season and enjoy it. Um, His Dark Materials, if you, haven't, if you haven't checked it out yet, very unique kind of sci-fi fantasy thing yeah i feel like
1: okay. competent and solid is exactly how i would describe yeah. that show
0: it's not right I, it I, I doesn't do blow me away but it's good but you know sometimes competent and solid is what you want out of life that's just fine i'll, I'll take yeah. it that's right before we go i also want to say that uh, uh angela lansbury died the other day at age 96 um you know mrs Lovett, gaslight the teapot from beauty and the beast bed and broomsticks the oh jessica fletcher from murder she wrote the list goes on. She's a great actress, yeah. great screen great stage actress. She'll be missed. Last week, Loretta Lynn died watch watched daughter. I think this week we'll watch Gaslight to celebrate Angela Lansbury's life. So just um R.I.P. Angela Lansbury. And that's the end of our show. Oh, thanks for watching. We're here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winners Coming Facebook page, the Winners Coming YouTube page. We also do extra shows for two more weeks running of house of the dragon recap episodes right after the episode airs those very same places and we're available in podcast form on google play itunes wherever podcasts are available if you're on youtube be sure to hit the like button and the subscribe button i'd ask you to leave a comment but you already did that you wonderful people so thank you for <laughs> watching thank you for being with us we're gonna see you in a little bit and um god bless mrs potts see y'all sunday this podcast is brought to you by FanSided. Join our community of over 300 sites, from sports to pop culture and everything in between.